This episode of Tinfoil Tales comes with a content warning and a reminder that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason demolay. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Well, g'day listeners, and welcome to the Christmas Pod, a joint exercise between the Conditional Release Program and the hugely successful Tin Foil Tales, where we look at the year that was in the Cookiverse and the great smouldering binfire that is the world we live in. Yep, yep, I'm here too. So for me, 2023 was hopefully the year that Cookers would finally realise that nobody actually died from the vaccine. That didn't happen. Freemasons are mostly just bored old tradies who like wearing fruity skirts on a Sunday with their mates, like all five of them, and the fucking white hats were never coming. They're not coming. No one's coming. No one's coming to save you from the enemies you made up. It's just not happening. But instead, we have seen what we all expected, which is while many petty con men of the movement and bullshit push decided to sort of take extended leave and fuck off from their meaningless hobby cult, most of them doubled down and dug their heels in and created new... Wonderful and bizarre reasons to be upset. So while we will likely never see the dizzying numbers of lockdown protests and that sheer level of misinformation we saw during the pandemic, it looks like the bullshit business model is still a very viable one. Now, Bose and Guru are still trying to hang everyone they disagree with, and Maria Z is selling anything that isn't chained to the floor for an affiliate cut. And, of course, this now it's mRNA-free beef, Maria. I mean, mm. do you see an issue with that? I think there might be a bit of a scientific issue with that. But, look, it's the truth at all costs. <laughs> Hello everyone, I'm Sauce from Timfile Tales. Mm-hmm. And I'm Sandy. Hello, Joel and Jack. Hey guys. And welcome everyone to this crossover Chrissy special, The Year That Was. It's a clip show. We're doing it's- a clip show. Mm. It kind of is. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right, so let's get into it. We started the year as we finished it with Brad getting arrested in Canberra. Yep, they were still there yelling at buildings, but only because Brad had caught and decided there should be a reunion of sorts. The reunion took place in the car park of the Canberra courts. I do like the name we went with, though, Barbecue. Yeah, a barbecue guitar. I like it. (laughs) Why not? Because they were certainly talking like they were going to get the numbers. Remember that? But they are always going to get the numbers, so nothing changes. <laughs> yes, yes, we just get older. January also saw more action for the Lawn Bowl set. Unite in White were handing in letters to RSLs and training barracks, demanded the military instigate martial law. Teeny weeny Malcolm decided it was time to talk about the 90-year suppression order, but the freedom movement did not buy what he was selling. He said that both he and his advisor, Hugh, had spoken with Bill Heffernan and had also reviewed the evidence, which I say loosely and deemed that there was no actual evidence. Yes. It was just stuff said under parliamentary privilege. Coward's castle. The second thing 
that I want to say is that the former member of parliament who, when he was in the parliament, raised that in Senate estimates. A couple of years later, I wasn't in the parliament at the time, but a couple of years later when I heard about it, a few of our constituents told me about it as I watched the YouTube clip. Well, I called that former senator and um, and he said, oh, at last, someone has finally called me. And so I, so we got together in, in my office in Canberra. Uh, he met me and he met Hugh. And then we agreed that Hugh and the former senator would get together in Canberra because he doesn't live too far from Canberra. And and they would and he would bring the former senator would bring a pile of material and Hugh went right through that material on the day with him together. Now I'll let Hugh speak for, for what he found, but the guts of it is that nothing that Hugh found in that former senator's material was admissible to court and would stand up in court. The list of 28 names exists, but it's an unsigned list. There were no documents actually accepted by the government that can be the subject of a freedom of information request. What happened was that the uh, former senator um, at a government inquiry wanted to present some documents that were potentially damaging or cer certainly uh, identifying some allegations against some people. Um, the uh, person who was running the inquiry took one look at it said, oh, hang on, this is outside the area of scope, the scope of our inquiry, so we're not accepting this, and handed it straight back. So it never actually was a document that was accepted um, or held by the government, still isn't. Um, I've seen a copy of that document. I've gone through it, and I've read through it, and I thought, well, unfortunately, this is worthless. Uh, it, it contained allegations against a number of uh, persons named, but there was no supportive evidence. There was no author of the actual document, so it couldn't show who it came from to test it or check how it was developed or who wrote it or in what circumstances. There was nothing like that on, uh, on the document itself. In other words, it was a, a document that contained some allegations that were totally useless, certainly useless. You couldn't refer to them. Uh, you couldn't use it as evidence in court, just never would get admitted. And, um, and in actual fact, I don't know why it's been blown out of proportion. You're correct, though, there was never a suppression order because there was never a document to actually be considered by a judge to make a suppression order. It was never, never considered. It was but the big thing that happened in January was the radio wars. Not Neil Mitchell versus Kyle Sanderlands, Guru versus Ben Fordham. Quick recap. So Cooker Watch caught the eye of Ben Fordham, who had her on as a guest, to talk about what the hell was going on with people travelling in their cars. Mm -hmm. And Captain Birdseye, after pretending he didn't care, all of a sudden cared. Mm -hmm. A lot. Mm -hmm. So he called the radio station, who quickly fobbed him off by saying, Call back tomorrow. Silly Captain Feathersword, though, believed that to mean that he would, in fact, be getting on the radio to rebut Cooker Watch. But that most certainly was not the case. So we had a lengthy live at the crack of dawn with Guru on hold, <laughs> Mel on hold, <laughs> lots and lots and lots of their supporters calling the radio station. That was fucked. 
Oh. That was so silly. And they were so angry and they were so entitled and they were so <laughs> annoying. And you just like, come on, why would they have you on? And he has been on before and he was very charismatic. He did that whole thing where he was like, you know, oh, I'm just a guy, you know, the beer economy. Mate, you don't drink. You're just <laughs> posturing. But it's that thing of just wanting attention at all costs. And in this situation, a dangled carrot couldn't handle it. That's it's it. a narcissism. It's, 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 it's the narcissism. I actually spoke with Ben Fordham at the time. Um, and uh, and he uh, he was genuinely concerned for for uh, for his uh, staff, uh, for his security, and that and that of his uh, he's got a young family, um, and uh, and certainly they they took it very very seriously. He 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 said to me, he goes, you know, basically, when I've been out sort of driving driving home or coming coming to work, driving to work." You know, he's certainly looking over his shoulder a lot more than he was, oh, and that's good. that's what these guys do. They inspire fear. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a sort of classic terrorism thing. Um, I've got absolutely no time for it, and yeah, at, at no point can I say a good word about these people. Uh, they are genuine parasites on society, and it would be great when they just stop. When they just decide no, that <laughs> I think we could argue, but I just don't think they ever will. I mean, I know. it's the narcissism that drives them. You see, I want this podcast to and be they, over they, because they, we have no more content. Yeah, it would be <laughs> it would be very nice, but yeah. it, it's the narcissism that drives them, and and their gravest fear is that no one will listen to them anymore. Yeah. So, just, yeah, dr- that would dr- what dr- drives them to make the mo- the more out- the most outrageous remark? you know, the, the, the attention-seeking, uh, yeah. that, that will continue. Which, of course, now Elon Musk has monetized on Twitter. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to February. The most important thing about February is that February 2nd marked the first anniversary of RV Out. Yes. Quite possibly <laughs> the best thing that happened at Epic. <laughs> We don't want you going up to people. Hold on. Okay. This man is on our side. He's on our side. What he's doing. Okay, so he's upset one person and apologised. That one is Sauce's favourite. I just know it because it pops up in all of our episodes almost. It's a good clip. He was named Rebel Rebel News Journalist of the year. Oh, <laughs> right. It's, it's not exactly a wide selection. Uh, it's like it's a, with a whopping 20% of it's the like yeah, a, yeah, It's like a Logies. You get to vote for yourself. Yeah, yeah that's pretty embarrassing. But uh, yeah, when it comes down to that one, it was sort of nice to see some people sort of tweaking onto the fact that he is not only a bullshit artist, but also even if you're not paranoid, you've got climate protesters that fucking Christopher Bruin turns up to, starts asking about the weather, and then starts provoking them with nonsense. And they're basically just there going, I actually don't want you putting my face on your shitty little website for a bunch of people who really don't like me to then look at me and think, gee, I wonder if I see that person down in Newtown, I might hurt them. That's not that much to ask. And Chris is like, what? RVs are very similar things. Stop broadcasting these people's face. These people well, are paranoid RV- by nature. Harvey, I, I would think, and, I, and this is just my guess, but because of his support, he's a former member of the IDF, um, and, and, and because of his support for Israel, that's completely counter to the Cooker argument. So he's going to have a bad time now with it. Now with you know the the um, uh, the battle ongoing in in Gaza, um, he kind of depends on where they sit a little bit, oh, though, time. Jack. The the, the hyper Christian side of the freedom yep. movement are on Israel's oh, side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you, <laughs> the, you, you see this. The globalists 
member of the yeah. freedom movement <laughs> tend to be more Palestinian on the Palestinian side. And the Nazis <laughs> apparently tend to be more on the Palestinian side, which isn't hugely surprising, but it's interesting to see them. You're like, wow, you guys had to really flip a coin on that one because geopolitics geopolitics is really complex and and so the palestinians in the arab world in general have always been supported by the soviet union slash russia and so that's where a lot of that yeah the end you can see like a bosey type just sort of like slipping right into that sort of you know little notch so he will find that he will have less listeners as a result good yeah can't be a bad thing yeah yeah division is good Yeah, we want, to see, we want to see them eat themselves from the inside. Lieutenant Dan's face appeared on a proposed $5 note. Ugh. Guru joined TikTok <laughs> and the pilot and the paramedic had a special broadcast with some sports stars who went down some serious rabbit holes during COVID. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we had Kelly Slater, yep. Pat Cash, Trevor Hendy and Matt Leticia. Hmm. 2GB decided they'd had enough of Guru and his flying monkeys and a dramatic arrest ensued, with Mel picked up on the road and a bunch of cops swarming the tinny. Oh, dear. Of course, Guru took the opportunity to red pill the cops who are (laughs) secretly on his side. Of course. Of course. Of course. But really, it was just a ploy to silence them in the lead-up to the New South Wales election. That's right. February was when they announced their campaign to win Australia back from New South Wales. From tyranny. But more on that later. Yeah, the guru, or the human testicle, as I prefer to call him, also turned up on Radio Talkback legend John Law's program where he claimed the Australian government was sending Ukraine our tanks. We... No, we don't make it, tanks, it just doesn't even bear talking we, we do send Bushmasters, I think. Yeah, Bushmasters, yeah. but not tanks. They're not tanks. No, they're not tanks, but they let the truth get away with a good yarn. Uh, the interview featured this little uh, snippet. Uh, I talk to God, said Guru. <laughs> I think he's a little bit better than any psychiatrist or brain doctors. Uh. <laughs> if, you, if you've got mental problems, you go and see a brain doctor. <laughs> but anyway, that's your opinion, he said. Delawsie, and I'm happy to accept that, John. I'm a nice bloke, mate. Just the average Aussie concreter. Oh. Actually, oh, we have to talk a little bit about concreters, don't we? I think they are a <laughs> we, fucking they are, part they of are the a bit, They're becoming a bit of a problem. I love them. I think they're the best. Well, concreter, you, you all remember, of course, concreting entertainer Nathan Glover, who yep. basically Bless. shut down a 5G uh, vandalised and burnt a 5G mm. transmission tower. Yep. Uh, near his home. And he also dug a hole. Well, he dug a hole for Dan. He dug, yes, it he was did. where he was going to keep Dan when he arrested him. Nathan's Correct. dug a hole. Nathan's dug yes, a hole. And, and not only did he dig a hole for Dan, but when the Wallopers <laughs> came to arrest him, <laughs> he told them, yeah, you know that yep. hole, that's for Dan. I'm going to yeah. keep Dan in that <laughs> hole. He really missed the first lesson of law school, which is don't talk to the cops. Uh, he later said that he was just kidding and I don't know, it's really not a joke. Oh, tell you what, it's a cracking joke for the cops. I'm going to kidnap the Premier and put him in this big hole I dug. Ha, get it? Yeah, but he's, he is, Nathan Glover is a little bit of a different beast to uh, Guru because well, Nathan, of course, was a concreting entertainer. Yeah, and I exactly. don't find Guru very entertaining at all. But Nathan <laughs> actually can play the guitar. Hey. And this is why he was a bit miffed, lockdowns and what have you, uh, yeah. meant that he could no longer play the guitar to a crowd anymore. So um, do we all know what happened to Nathan? 
Did he go to jail for plotting to abduct? I don't know. I'm not sure. Of the he, state I think he did, and, and then he went, came out. He, he came yeah, out. Yeah, he was remanded in custody, but he didn't yeah. serve. He was not sentenced to any jail sentence, so it was it was sort of time served, and uh, and a whole raft of uh, non custodial penalties. I just recall seeing him back posting again about Dan Andrews. <laughs> yep. It's just really not encouraging. I mean, again, we're going to be looking a little bit at the United States today, but if that happened in the United States, that guy would be doing 20 years. Yeah, poor old Nathan uh, in 2021, he, um, there was a Telegram security alert saying delete all chats with uh, with Nate Glove because yeah. um, he's been incarcerated and you can only assume his devices have been taken from him. Uh, <laughs> further showing right. that once, once right. you know, Basically, when the movement has a, a thing, you know, once you've been done, they just want you to go away. The thing I like most about them is that they genuinely have a belief that Telegram is yes, impenetrable. Yes. Very, <laughs> yeah, very naive when it comes to – well, that's the great thing. Also, um, one of my other uh, favorite things out there, absolute ineptitude towards technology, is that they'll have an issue with their phones or something. And, of course, it's the government interfering. Mate. Your phone sucks. <laughs> your phone sucks and yeah. you had a problem and that's fine. But no, 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 you're so fucking special that the crack team of hackers have <laughs> launched in on your phone to prevent you from streaming <laughs> a bunch of people standing around a barbecue talking about made-up stories about Bill Gates. Yep. No, what do what they the call it, Soph? What do they call that? Um, oh, when they're yeah. over the target. 100% over the target. We're getting smashed. We're getting smashed, guys. Getting smashed, smashed. Yeah. Hi, ATO. Yeah. Hi, but just to wrap up, old Lawsy, uh, Lawsy Guru on Lawsy's program, Lawsy reckoned Guru was in need of emergency mental health care. He needs a brain doctor. I, I yeah, he needs <laughs> yes. some brain doctoring. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would totally agree with yeah. Lawsy on that. But, but I'm going to suggest that he doesn't submit to the 21st century kind of uh, mental residential care, uh, but something around the 19th century where his bare chest would be covered up with a straitjacket, too, if it's cold. Yeah, I think that seems, reasonable. That seems, seems very reasonable. February also saw my place get rowdy at a Frankston Council meeting and protests took place at the Alfred for a woman named Vicky who had been refused a heart transplant due to her vaccination status. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, by and and quite a few other things. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to right, we'll get right, to Vicky. Right. We'll get to Vicky when she gets oh, to VK. Oh, that was so sad. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. It is. It's just an awful story, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Fucking serene. So in March, Sandy and I joined what felt like the crowd at a <laughs> yeah. Beatles concert when we attended an event with. The pilot himself. Oh yeah, the porn, the, uh, the the porn loving pilot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. were excited to see him, even handing over en- envelopes of cash. Oh, Notice fuck, that one. Really? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so dodgy. Guru was either out pressing the flesh in the gong or threatening families <laughs> at the local nippers carnival, uh, resulting in surf life saving carnivals being cancelled, all because of a. Rainbow yep. flag. Yep. Yep. <sighs> Things then got more disturbing when a large group of men were seen marching the streets chanting the Lord's Prayer in Newtown on a Friday night. Those men were believed to be part of Christian Lives Matter, predominantly Maronite Catholics, and it was the start of some very worrying events involving the LGBTQIA community. 
Unfortunately, in March, a visa was granted to Kelly J. Kane, also known as Posey Parker, and she descended on cities all across Australia with her hateful commentary and associated mm-hmm. hangers-on. In Melbourne, the hangers-on included Moira Deeming, Angie Jones, and the National Socialist Network. And, and, yeah. and of course, that, that event has now led to Moira Deeming suing mm. uh-huh. um, uh, her former boss, the, the, yeah. the opposition the leader uh, in, uh, in Victoria. Um, yeah. She was expelled from the party. That was, that took a fair fair bit of uh, toing and froing too. Uh, initially, the uh, the party caucused and couldn't decide, and then they came back and uh, and then they finally and finally did her over. She remains a sitting member in the upper house. She followed um, me on Twitter, which I didn't exactly love. On the cross benches, <laughs> um, but yes, the, she has instigated legal proceedings against uh, against the opposition leader. The turf BRS is coming, my friends. I don't think that she's going to get uh, come off well in this one. I'm not yeah? sure. I saw the other day on Twitter that there had also been a mayor of a local council who had tweeted something about Moira and Nazis, and I've got a feeling that she may have taken that person to court, and I believe she won. Okay. I think an apology was issued. Well, the apology usually happens to mitigate the um. Or potentially, yeah, they've said if you apologise, it can all stop. Well, man, that's that that is that's defo one hundred and one. Like basically, what it comes down to, it. I talked to a mate of mine who's a lawyer, and basically, okay, so what is the defo thing? Is like if you're prepared to apologise, you'll be fine, but be prepared to apologise. And I think that. If we ever get a concerns notice, the most dramatic part of it will be me and Jack, and I'll be there going, we've got to apologise, and Jack's like, fuck him, take him to court. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm fantastic at fake apologies. <laughs> yeah, not fake apologies, allegedly, a, allegedly. Issuing, <laughs> I've been issuing fake apologies for a long time. <laughs> so Sandy and I were actually there, were actually there that day. Hmm. Um, Tell us what you saw. It mm. was a very strange day because there was just so much going on, to be honest. Uh, it was one of our first ones, wasn't it, Sauce? Yeah. I just remember it being really early in our rally, checking well, out the Well, the first one we went days. to was the March for Babies counter. That's where, right. Where we, we got almost sprayed. got paper sprayed after we'd been there for like 20 minutes. Um, this one was the one where there ended up being like lots of different groups. So you had the... Kelly J. Keene thing happening on the steps. Next to the steps, you had the normal freedom walkers. Then on one corner, there was the people there to counter Kelly J. Keene. And then other people came to counter from a different direction. So there was a lot of people. There was a lot of people. There was a lot of moving parts. And then all of a sudden... NSN appeared. Yeah. Um, they stood on the road for a very long time. They had a disgusting banner. They did. They were confronting of, calf. Yeah, they had yeah. lots of Roman. Yeah, but they confronting behind two lines of cops. So yeah, let's not yeah. say yeah, they were course. confronting them well, that, because that was, look, they don't I, actually I, confront anyone. What, no. what did? What were the police doing? Uh, the police, for the most part, I but look, I. We'll say this now because it was a long time ago. I actually submitted a letter in complaint to policing yeah, on good. that day. Yeah. 
Um, I thought the policing was uh, very heavy-handed. I thought that it was there was no balance in the way the event was policed. So yep. I think that the the policing that focused on the counter protest was incredibly different to the way all the other people who were there were being policed. I'll give you an example. We were literally herded across the road. And when I say herded, I mean physically pushed into a very small space. Police then surrounded that very small space. But what was happening was the freedom protesters and people who were there for Kelly J. Keene were quite easily able to walk into the middle of the counter-protest and start filming people. Yeah. But any time anyone in that counter-protest even tried to move two feet beyond it, they were pushed back in. There was arrests. There was people... I saw people kneed in the back of the head by the cops while they were being arrested. Um, And it was very difficult to watch when 10 feet away, there's 15, 20 self-avowed neo-Nazis standing in the middle of the street being escorted over to the steps to have Mm. a team photograph and then rather than being escorted away directly from the steps were able to walk back across the road and have a police escort to walk right past the counter-protesters and it just created more intensity more anguish it it was yeah Not forgetting that they were carrying a sign that was being derogatory towards the trans right activists. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember what it said? Well, yeah. Was it was it real hate? Was it real hate stuff? I mean, because that's an arrestable offence. And 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 yes, it was. It was disgusting. It was really bad. Yeah. And uh, and of course, most states now um, have uh, a legislation in place, Victoria, after this. Um, which um, uh, criminalises using uh, the, the display of swastikas, mm. the um, uh, Nazi Zikar salutes and things like that. Yeah, which is about to get tested in the courts. Um, one of those fuckwits. Uh, yeah, Nazi uh, uh, Sewell's mate. Um, yeah, yeah Sewell's mate's up before the courts, who, whose yeah. defence, as I understand it, was, I do this all the time. I do it when I wake <laughs> up. Yeah, it's, it's what I do every morning when I wake up. What um, a fucking idiot. So I think that one thing that it did absolutely do was brought to a head the heat that had been on the freedom movement for a long time around their association with people with far-right ideology. Yeah. <laughs> because the night. they were, they were look, they were welcomed. Half, in fairness to them, there was a percentage of people there who had no clue who they were. They welcomed them just because they will literally welcome anyone that agrees with them. Yeah. Because they like their banner, by the way, Correct. that disgusting banner, um, which yeah. should be pointed out. <laughs> but yeah. it also was a little bit hard to swallow this whole, oh, we didn't know who they were, when you've got Matt, who leads the splitters group every right. Saturday, as an ex-trainer of Tom Soul for the Lad Society in yeah. boxing. <laughs> and they were so, all masked. They were all masked. Yeah. So all, all in black. I mean... Who, I know, I know it's Melbourne, and, and there's a lot, a lot of people do wear black. Yeah. But to, but for, for, for people to cover their faces, you pretty much know what you're dealing with at that yeah. point. Yeah, they weren't doing it as a pandemic prevention method. No. Let's just say that. No. And of course, Posey Parker moved on to New Zealand and caused a great deal of controversy there, where she was basically um, had to scuttle off. away and uh, and be protected. Yeah. Um, 
She had uh, soup thrown uh, on her. Yes, yes, and, she did. Uh, and 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 what's happened to her since? What have we what have we what have we heard about Posey Parker since leaving New Zealand? She basically told her to get out. Um, and, Tasmania uh, told her to fuck off as well, I believe. Pretty yeah, pretty they did sternly, too. That's which right. Is good. They were really good with that. So, what have we heard about her lately? She did have plans to go back to New Zealand because the the person unfinished business that, who threw that soup on her head or whatever it was was actually charged. Yeah. Um. So I think that she had planned to go back and you know have a big moment in court, but I think that obviously she was advised fairly strongly against that by the New Zealand police, who I think said, "Do that if you want, but if you think that you're going to get protection from us yeah. when you get here, that's that's yeah. if you not going to happen." If you think we're going to be assaulted, correct? That's not protect happening. You, yep. Yeah. Um, think yeah. again. We're not mates. So I presume she's going to have a crack at UKIP or something like that when she gets home. Yeah, uh, I mean, she's still, like you know, that. doing her thing, um, as with most yeah. of them. It's about doing a stunt every now and then. Mm. The majority, vast majority of her time spent behind a computer screen on a YouTube channel saying horrendous things. It was very telling when one of the things that she said, I think it was in Tasmania, it may have been New Zealand, I'm pretty sure it was Tasmania, where she said to them that she'd paid off her mortgage and she had a job that she'll never lose, basically. Mm. She had like a, a secure income in what she was doing. And saying that is one of those uh, quiet part out loud things. Because you meant to basically say, I'm doing this because I believe in it, not this is my job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. employed to do this right. and my this employment is, my, is, is my safe. Grift. It's just like, yeah. And it just had that thing, moment of just like, you're not very smart. Because, you know, if George Soros was paying me to do this, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> and on the 25th of March, of course, uh, the new people, good people of New South Wales went to the election, uh, went to the state election there, and um, uh, Chris Minns and Labor were uh, uh, thrown into government, uh, able to form a government. But that was really a sideshow, Soss, for the really big yes. game. Yes, yes. I mean, had to be... Stolen, wasn't it? Was. A little bit like Trump. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. I mean, there's no fucking way that Bosey and Guru lost. No. I mean, <laughs> come on. Not with that amazing campaign they ran. Absolutely. Well, and, and that party um, that he continues to not register. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Is it one but, Australia? You know, like, is, is, that, is that it? That's Australia, Australia, Australia won. Party, isn't it? Australia won. Australia won. Yeah. 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 Very similar to the um, Canada First and all the other yeah. cooked parties. Well, yeah. look, with every vote counted, Ricky Bozzi and his scrotum-faced partner in democracy would end up getting 35,888 mm. votes, 88, Ooh. Joel. 88, mm. 88. Uh, he got that statewide as ungrouped independence, uh, even though Ricky steadfastly refuses to register Australia on one of the Australia One Party. Which might as well be called the Hanging and Flogging Party. That's, that's <laughs> their that's their policies. That's and now most 30, of it. thirty five thousand eight hundred ninety eight votes sounds like a lot when you say it quickly, it and is. it is considering just how mad Bozzy and the human testicle are. Exactly, but it only amounted to a zero point eight percent of the total vote, and Aww. a figure of around four percent is what's needed to send Ricky to the upper house. Aww. And being second on the ballot, the testicle had no chance. Although he seemed hugely optimistic oh, yeah. throughout the campaign, so and when the judgment of the people came, he couldn't figure out why the good people in New South Wales just couldn't see their way to elect him to the parliament. Bizarre. Well, you know, 
we did see people stealing ballots. Yes. And we did see, we did see like those pencils <laughs> with the little that's, erasers. That's right. Oh, you know it. We, yeah. And and I don't know if they had the the paperwork that they were supposed to have at all of those polling. Well, I mean, like you know, st- I don't jurisdiction, know. mate. There was a lot of issues around jurisdiction. It, it I, was, I don't trust anyone. It was hugely funny because he 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 thought at first he has no idea how. A two-tiered parliament works. So when when they're first nominated with with him and the undercard to Ricky Bozzi, um, he thought he was going to have a run for the um, the, the seat. I think it's I think it's uh, Kira, a man Kira, uh, in the Gong, um, uh, in the Illawarra, uh, which is held by the current serving health minister with with a margin of about twenty five percent. But the guru thought he was going to take him down. And yeah. then Ricky yeah. had to pull him aside and said, ah, no, 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 mate. It's not how it works, there, mate. There's, 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 yeah. there's another framework here. There's, yeah. there's, there's a second level. A second level. Wow. It's a bicameral. Never mind. Just don't say that <laughs> yeah, again. Don't, okay. yeah, don't say bicameral to, to the guru who's going to struggle. I was listening on Telegram on election night. So they did a, they did a live broadcast. And they had themselves believing that they already had 30% of the vote. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's like, right. no. Yeah. Like, I don't know who was doing their their math, but obviously that's right. they didn't quite like yeah. how, how a percentage. It wasn't even like three. I forgot to add the one or anything like that. It wasn't even yeah. three. Um, in oh, fact, it was zero point eight, and it never got above one percent, <laughs> even as the count rolled out. Um, right. So, what and, do we call that, guys? What do we call it? Cooker's maths. Cooker maths. Yeah, it's definitely cooker maths. But you know, they did prove it was electoral fraud. I'm not sure if any of you joined the very wildly confusing Facebook lives with their expert, no. who is a guy called Gideon, oh, who's an engineer, um, who became an electoral statistician overnight. No concreter? Um, yeah. He probably does that, work a bit those, in concrete, though. <laughs> that series of lives went for maybe a month <laughs> of Gideon just Pushing numbers on the screen that had no <laughs> yeah. no sense, but what they look impressive. I don't need to understand mm. them. I just like the, the picture, the graphs. They look very pretty. Now they were. Look, we got to say thirty five thousand, nearly thirty six thousand votes. It's pretty Terrifying. significant, actually. Oh, it, was, like it. it was actually quite alarming. Uh, I thought. I mean, yes, it's it's less than one percent of, of of all votes cast in New South Wales at the time, but thirty five thousand. You could you could might say it was a protest vote or you know none of the above type of vote, but they were all the way down on that enormous tablecloth ballot that we have for the upper house in New South Wales, all the way down on the um, on the use. So it's not as if you're even picking up votes by a sort of donkey vote or an inverse donkey mm. vote. Yeah. Right. So there's right. there was it, it's just quite alarming for me uh, yeah. that mm-hmm. they got thirty nearly thirty six thousand votes. Yeah, that means. I think what's alarming as well is when you drill into it, there were some geographic areas <laughs> where they got a lot of votes. Yeah, mm. okay. And, and in little and co- pockets. And correct me if I'm wrong, but, but this is kind of out of uh, out of Sydney, out of Western Sydney, that sort of place. Yeah. Uh, where David Burgess is. Oh, uh, so oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. They do very, very well yeah. out there. 
Yeah, he's yeah well, as David, David knows and has told us, um, yeah, <laughs> no shortage of cookers out, up that way. Oh, yeah. We command Prime Creator to smash and destroy any efforts to steal this election away from the Australia One group. And so it is. Well, the big story in the US in March was the criminal indictment of POTUS 45, Donald Trump. Uh, No former president has ever faced a criminal indictment. Man, he's facing 91. Um, (laughs) On March 30, 2023, a Manhattan grand jury voted to indict Trump. Uh, It's important to think about these things. There's a grand jury. This is a prosecutorial process that's a bit uh, unusual compared to Australia, where a a jury is impaneled to determine if charges should be laid. So um, basically a a sort of pre-trial what would we call a Joel in, in our system, a sort of like a committal pro- proceedings, but all held um, behind closed doors with uh, this uh, grand jury um, in panel to, to listen to the evidence and determine where the charges should be laid. And they did on March 30. Uh, a Manhattan grand jury voted to indict Trump. Five days later, local prosecutors unveiled the criminal charges, 34 felony counts of violating a New York law on corporate record keeping. In an extraordinary courthouse appearance, Trump turned himself into authorities, was processed as a criminal defendant, pleaded not guilty and was released without having to post bail. Um, Prosecutors and Trump's defence team are currently dealing with the evidentiary issues and litigating pretrial disputes, including a long shot bid from Trump to transfer the case to the federal court. Mm -hmm. The case is known as the Hush Money case, where porn actress Stormy Daniels was paid a large sum of money not to go to the press to tell all of her affair with Trump during the 2016 presidential election. I suspect this is why we haven't seen a lot of Melania in recent times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but prosecutors will argue that the Daniels payoff constituted an illegal contribution to Trump's campaign, a violation of either state or federal election law that Trump furthered by falsifying his company records. That trial, one of four, is scheduled for March 25, 2024. It'll be interesting. Yes, that's yeah. the, that was the first. Yeah, it's amazing how all these conservative Christians are like, I love Trump so much. Oh, but he, he fucks around on his wife. Yeah, but, you know, I'm only angry oh. when Democrats do that. All right, so Serene Tefaha appeared at VCAT for Vicky, the woman at the centre of a heart transplant controversy, in her case against the Alfred Hospital, and she had quite the witness list a suspended doctor who referred to vaccines as injectables, uh-huh. a lab researcher who turned out to be a bookkeeper, yep. and a mathematician called Dr. Sai, who was such a bad witness, Vicky asked if his evidence could be excluded. <laughs> that's, that's not a good sign, is it? No. It was so no. funny. Um, yeah. We don't have that anymore. That was bad. And in the end, Vicky withdrew her case as they knew they weren't going to be success- successful. And didn't want to lose and set a precedence. Which you don't Damn. really do in VCAT anyway, so whatever. It's just <laughs> silly. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, at some point, even cookers have got to understand, when when you are um, when your counsel or your friend in the court is serene to Faha, you know yeah. you're in a bit of strife. Oh, you're fucked. You're so fucked. And you know that the main thing is, is you're going to lose. She's going to accuse something that she's just sort of made up something that sounds like Freemason something in some sort of rant, and that'll be it. 
and you might have a cost order against you, you might have reputational damage, you might have a lot of harm in your life. And in this, it's just another chapter in Serene's weird, weird book where she just bumbles through life in this delusional way. The, the last, the last time I saw her on a video, she looked deranged. Oh, she is. Oh, she is. Yeah, there's something going on with her. She's not good. Yeah, Definitely. She's, she's very unwell. Yeah, so this, this uh, case was really, really uh, quite intense when that was going on. And yeah. it seems like Serene delayed it so much. So instead of Vicky going and just getting her vaccines and getting her double transplant and getting it over and done with and probably would be heal- healed by now, um, it delayed it so much that she became too unwell and was no longer even eligible for her transplant, even yep. if she wanted it. Yep. Which was really sad, but on a like real weird twist of things, which we're tr- still trying to suss out. Suddenly, she is apparently uh, eligible for a transplant again at an undisclosed country that no one's telling us where. Well, we know been where to. it is, though. Well, uh, what do you reckon? Well, it's is India, it? isn't it? Didn't back didn't back Zacia's yeah. litigant put something yeah. up that they found the, the branding, branding on oh. the back of a shop yeah. where they were? Oh, that's is amazing. They posted a photo from but it. Vicky, yeah. Vicky wasn't yeah. just ineligible for a transplant because she'd refused the COVID vaccines. She had not been vaccinated for influenza, which is another yep. requirement. That's it. Uh, I think there was also history of smoking. Would I be right about that? Don't know. But she definitely refused the flu jab and sort of did that whole like, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I just don't believe in the experimental jab. And it's a thing of like, well, but what about the flu jab? Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that was interesting about the case for me was that the freedom movement genuinely believed that she was taking the Alfred to court and if she was successful, she would be put on the transplant yeah. list. And that actually no. wasn't what the case right, was yeah. at all. Yep. No. Well, uh, firstly, the Alfred don't decide no, they don't. who gets exactly. put on there's the transplant a, list. There's a, a, body, of, um, <laughs> a body of clinicians who make that decision. Yeah, but it was whether uh, they discriminated against her by saying that Vicky needed to have vaccines because Serene was arguing that Vicky was part of a protected class yeah. based on what was actually wrong yeah. with her. So that's what the case actually was about. Like the outcome if they won wasn't, oh, and Vicky's getting a heart yeah. transplant. Yeah, um, it's just some yeah. pointless moral victory because I don't even know if there'd be damages involved. Um, Who knows? The, the important thing to remember too is that she uh, underwent um, a very significant surgery, I think probably two to three years ago, um, that extended her life. And that, and that surgery, and if that surgery hadn't taken place, also at the Alfred Hospital, um, mm. she'd be dead now. Yeah. There's no doubt about this. I mean, yeah. she's, she's basically got a heart, an external pump for her heart um, that, right. that has allowed her to live to this point. So yeah. so it's not as if the Alfred and we had uh, the a very fine uh, member John. of the Alf- Alfred Hospital team um, <laughs> giving us some, uh, some information about this as we go. I don't think we'll name him, Joel, just in case. Well, um, I but, think that's been quite agreed um, upon, yeah. Um, but... Uh, uh, and he was telling us uh, not just about this particular case, but what is required uh, from a patient to be approved. My, my view is yeah. that she would not have been approved for, for a transplant uh, in, in Victoria um, um, due to the requirements placed on her as a patient by the clinicians yeah. who make the assessment. 
So, <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not. Just a, it's not sad. as if the whole thing all around. It, 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 even is if she'd won the, because she is even a if she'd won the VCAT hearing, she would just simply. I mean, the, the best case for her is that she would go onto a waiting list. That didn't mean that she was yeah. going to receive a heart, a heart <laughs> transplant at some at, at some uh, specific point in future. It, it's just you know, like all transplant recipients or people on the waiting list, they wait, and and sometimes you know. They have to wait too long, and that's just the nature yeah. of the beast. Uh, in terms of um, you know uh, the, the the very slim number of of organs that are made available. Yeah, and yeah, our, our source also told us her. that one of the very senior um, uh, anti-vax protesters in Melbourne had subjected had had basically had surgery uh, during the pandemic, uh, and he refused to vaccinate for that. Yes, uh, and as a result, um, uh, the surgical teams had to basically build him a polytunnel to take him from surgery to ICU Amazing. and and, uh, and and isolated in ICU because he's annoying. And that's the thing they say. Oh, you know, they they have a medical discrimination policy. No, they fall over backwards to save your life, even though you're being a prick. And then when he woke up after his surgical procedure, oh. he said, oh, they probably jabbed me. And he was incredibly <laughs> rude to nurses and Just all this sort prick. of stuff. Just And you guys feel very sorry for him on a lot of um, occasions. And I understand that. But at the same time, after that from Healthcare John, I was like, you know what? You and your fucking unfortunate <laughs> disorders that you battle with that make you look like a fucking hollowed out skeleton – I don't have as much sympathy as the girls do because you are a bit of a prick. But going off what you just said there, Joel, though, he doesn't get a free pass, though. He has said some really shitty things on his lives and all that. He's got a really bad attitude if it is, in fact, who I I am thinking that you're talking about. (laughs) Yes, we will be very vague about it, but at the same time. So while we're sympathetic to his cause and his health, he can be an asshole. (laughs) And to the people who saved your life, just fuck that. I I find it very difficult to reconcile. Just just because you want to be popular with your mates. That's sad. Yeah. 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 It is a bit. April. And then April rolled around and after an approach from an ABC journalist, 7.30 ran a story on my place. Mm -hmm. That was pretty fun. Yeah, for me. well, that, that that for you was like a, a really big moment. That was a sort of cut through moment for this for for Tinfoil Tiles, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So we got um, approached by Emily Baker as she had listened mm. to our, that episode and decided mm. she wanted to investigate it, and look into it, and write a story about it. Yeah. You guys yeah. and David know so much at my place. It's crazy. Yeah, well, it was just about um, just watching it all forming and it was just really interesting. And then, like, even the episode we did, we weren't expecting all of that to happen from it. We were just like, hey, look what they're saying. This is yeah. really weird. <laughs> like, oh, weird. Looks like a cult is forming in Frankston. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you know, we learned that. Uh, history and life itself is very subjective, which is good. And if you weren't at something, it's very difficult to say if that something happened, which I is a great philosophy for life. Generally speaking, I don't believe that most things happened now because I wasn't there for them and I refuse <laughs> to acknowledge them as world events. Everyone's lying to me and it is definitely a conspiracy. I just, yeah, the logic of course, of that was great. And, of course, under a bit of scrutiny with a beta cam in front of him and a journalist asking him questions, Berg was, 
made the uh, rather uh, rather astonishing statement that he wasn't sure if the Holocaust had happened because he wasn't, That's what I was he wasn't to. there to see it. Exactly. exactly. <clears throat> Which is funny, but also not. Yeah, it's it's really, I mean, the only bit of history you'll understand is the stuff you've been to. I mean, give me a <laughs> yeah. break. You, yeah, know? you haven't been to much, I mean, mate. Yeah, there has not not very much happened. Then I went to a Kiss concert, and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's history is a series of so, construction jobs. And but also, it's it's another indication that if you peel away these clowns enough, there's this long streak of anti-Semitism. Oh, I think yeah. the thing yeah. that was Does most surprising to Sandy and I was how much blowback we got <laughs> for yeah. For- Tell working us. with the ABC and for that story going to air, we got a lot of internal heat um, that we were platforming them. Yeah. Yes, which I understood. Our, our point was they were already in the rapid growth. Exactly. And yes. if we could stop people's family from being roped into it through watching that show, you know, like in my head, I had a, you know, a, a son watching that and ringing his mum when it finishes and saying, what's the name of that place that you go to in Frankston? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she says, my place. And he says, mum, what are you doing? Probably shouldn't. And that's the thing, like counsellors would be seeing the signs and now instead of being like, oh, we better give these guys a voice going, I'm going to shut this down now because yeah. I know what it is, which is really important. And that conversation, yes. that's one of the things I think that sort of like internal uh, blowback thing. A lot of this was from very ill-considered people who have let other people within the sort of so-called cooker-watching community just platform nonsense non-stop without any filter whatsoever, yeah. and they seem to be cool with that. But the moment it becomes something like an ABC report, they're all of a sudden fucking, you know, Paul Barry. Look, guys, I'm all about considering whether platforming is good or shining light is good, but if you are going to... Uh, if you're going to look at Tim Paul Tales, for example, you guys consider the shit out of what you guys do. You omit details when it's necessary. You only platform people who are in a situation where they have a dangerous reach. You always do the right thing when it comes to this. Your considerations are second to none. And the, if someone does call you out, say a, a Dr. Kaz was to come to you and just basically say, I don't think you guys should have mentioned that name, instead of telling you to fuck off, mm-hmm. you would say... <laughs> That's really interesting. I'm gonna, cons- you know, let, let's yeah. let's consider, let's learn from this, and that's really yeah. important. So, if you guys do make a mistake in the future by somehow doing something like that at a time that wasn't necessary, I think it'd be a learning experience for you, and that's a part of life. Well, it's you just, just it's, it's an, an objective judgment made by some of the, the cooker watchers, and we know that some of these people can be. Um, There's egos at play. Not, not strictly <laughs> rational themselves. Yeah. The, the, the idea, for, from, from my point of view. When I heard about my place, and I know you guys have been talking about it for a little while, I said I didn't know much about it, and and it is overtly very dangerous. Fuck yes. Um, and and so yes, it's not about platforming; it's actually bringing information into the public domain. It's shining a light on yeah. this. Yeah. These people, because they're very good at coming across, as we talked about in their in their podcast episode, that they yeah. are front. They're very good at coming across they as really turf. friendly, yeah. and they co-opt um, local issues and groups yeah. of it to recruit. And it was just a way of so if somebody is considering 
attending a My Place meeting or getting involved, a quick Google will come up with this uh, article that they maybe might give them pause. Maybe they'll still join it and they might go, ah, oh, it's fucking mainstream media, whatever. I'm still going to go and join it. They look lovely. I'm going to go do that. Or they might go, hmm, maybe I should maybe have a think about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also now that uh, we've got Darren running again for elections, oh, and he's has he actually it's nominated just to give people yet? knowledge of who they're dealing with here. Yeah. I think he's announced it for Dunkley. Yes. But yeah. I think you guys saw that coming from miles away though. Oh, yeah, and that is 100% just a recruitment uh, drive. It's a marketing thing that he does. Yeah, it's like when yeah. they had the primaries for US presidential and, like, he had, like, you know, Mr. Use Becky, Becky, Stan, Stan, Herman Cain, rest his soul. He knew he was never going to win, but hmm. his speaking fee went through the roof yeah. after he made a cock of himself yes. on national television repeatedly, and that's what you do. You get profile from it. RFK Jr., never going to be president. But mm-hmm. this is just a way of basically tickling the balls of your supporters and getting new ones because people will go, oh, a Kennedy, hmm, interesting. Better have a look at that. And it's all fucking marketing. So tiring yeah, well, to it, think it, that Even if you look at Bozzi and, and Guru, yeah. and, you know, yeah. Bozzi in particular has made a sort of career out of this and, and that is, you know, former political candidate for... I think he was hanging around with the UAP at one point, wasn't he? Uh, and 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 so that's how he's de- that's how he's described. Um, you know, it, it's loaded into his name that he is a perennial election candidate in, in New South Wales and Queensland. Yep, and uh, also it's one of those things where it gives you fodder for, for example, a month worth of lies. Some Gideon guy, you can become an absolute proof election fraud guy. It's just more grist for the mill. Yeah. And just more, just basis for whingy, persecuted content. Ugh. So this was a fun one. So in April also we saw the Great Schism. So when the Melbourne Freedom Marches argued over whether Trump flags should be welcome <laughs> or not, <laughs> Matt, the owner of the speakers, decided he'd had enough of Team Trump and pushed his trolley home. <laughs> oh, the next week the splitters were born. So I love the term the splitters. I think, Sos, you created that one. That's fantastic. It's very life of Brian. <laughs> so the splitters are Matt's crew and they ended up moving from the sacred parliament steps over to the secondary treasury steps instead. <laughs> there was more trouble at council meetings around Melbourne with police being called and some meetings closed to residents. And at the end of the month, a very large group converged on Monash Council to vent their spleen about stories being read to children. That was hectic. Yes, well, and, and police basically shut it down, didn't they? So, so No, um, it, it went ahead. It went ahead. Right. Um, we we attended that. Um, you know you're in trouble when both Rukshan and Avi show up to the same event. Uh, Rukshan was saying that he was, you know, he should be there because apparently he grew up in mm. the city of Monash. That's right. Um, Almost. So, yeah, they were getting very angry at the start because uh, I think there were some conversations taking place in the building about should this meeting go ahead or not because the doors were locked at the start. Yeah. Uh, I think the police <laughs> did a little bit of an assessment and then eventually the doors were opened and in everyone streamed and they just behaved like feral 
oh. it was it was disgusting. Like I've yeah. never seen adults yeah. behave in such a way at close quarters. Zippy was there too, wasn't he? He was. Yes. Zippy was there. Zippy was great when he said out front when he was being filmed with his little arrogant smiles off the cuff. And, you know, our children are attracted to the same sex. And I'm like, I don't know if you should be thinking so much about who kids are <laughs> fucking, mate. Because that's He's like, saying, I don't think about who, children who having sex. Little, little experience in handling children, oh, he, he has none. Um, it it just it, it just seems that he does obsess about children a little bit too much. When Zippy becomes a father, and he, you know, he did he, end up wanting to read to children. If you recall that, yeah, that's conservative right. yeah. story time. Well, you know, <laughs> make sure horrendous. it's going to be erotic fiction, straight erotic fiction. There's not there's not enough psychoanalysis uh, available in the world to, to cater for those kids' trauma after that. Um, Babs can barely yeah, read. I mean, it's just pathetic. It'd be like he'd read Atlas Shrugged or something dumb like that. He's just a fucking asshole. But yeah, it was one of those things where I would love for the, his whole rant about children being attracted to the same sex as being something that was like a mistake or like a poor choice of words. You know that kids aren't having sex with each other, right? Like people underage aren't just like rooting each other in kindergarten. A little bit, a little bit disturbing to be it honest. It is a little bit fucking disturbing. I mean, like maybe you need to look inwards, guys, because maybe some of your own have a few thoughts and might have an internet history that need to be checked out. I really had to feel bad for them because halfway through, because the crowd was so rowdy and they were banging on the windows and yelling at the council members, they had to have a they had to suspend the meeting. Yeah. So while that was happening, the council councillors had to actually walk through or the whole group of protesters to get out of the way and they were just being slurred at and yelled at, called pedo protectors and all this stuff. Like, uh, I just... It was it was horrible it and there was, was people there from the LGBTQIA plus community and the way that these people spoke to them. If that was my... If, if I knew anyone there or they were members of my family... I would be disgusted and embarrassed. I like I say, I, yeah. I, I don't think we can really explain how out of Gross. control it felt in that potentially room. Potentially very dangerous. Potentially yeah. very dangerous. I think we had a Zoom, the um, conditional release program Zoom that night, Joel. I, yeah. I think you were in and out, Sauce, and yeah, that, was, that's my yeah. memory of it. I was <laughs> watching the um, the the events unfold a bit because while. I don't always watch these things, and I do tend to keep a bit of an arm's length on these sort of like elongated media-filled things. I was like, no, 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 this needs to be looked at. Yeah, and you guys were very funny, and we were getting info from you guys. Yeah, it was. It was and I think Rookshan was, was was recording it live, so I think you guys were able to watch. That's right. Yeah. Watch it live through Rookshan's thing, but yeah, and it was just a it was horrendous night. Um, but the the trans rights activists stood stood staunch yeah. there were some questions some of them got up and asked their questions uh, according to their for their community and yep uh, you know so all the power to them but it, yeah it was just uh it was a bit of a it was a gong show of a day uh, all these people it's just like if you want if you get them all in a room and they just all egg each other on and one exactly. will make a comment someone else will join in and make a comment yeah Boo, um, shame, blah, well, there's blah. There's just this yeah. woman, like, probably in her Leave our kids late alive. 50s, screeching Ugh. about women's toilets at one yeah. point. Oh, God. 
You know what? I love women's toilets. Um, I, I think about them all the time. So it's a bad. really big part of my life. Um, it's a real, yeah. You know, when, <laughs> when they say like your political ideology, just protector of toilets is what I think. Yeah. Right. Like, they just want to check people's life. genitals at the at toilets. Like it's that's the most all they want to do. I just, I'm a woman who has gone around using public toilets. I'm 40 now, all this whole time. I have never even noticed if there was a trans lady in my toilet. Don't care. Like, they're probably really, really good because trans ladies can look beautiful. Yes. And maybe they're just so good at it that I've never noticed them. I've never in my life cared. I've never had an incident in a toilet. I don't understand Just, it. Yeah. I don't know you about you, Sandy, but I am not looking for social contact and interaction when I'm going <laughs> to the public toilet. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Except if like, I'm at a pub. I could literally walk <laughs> past so Angelina Jolie in a public toilet and I probably true. wouldn't even know us because you're not going in there scanning everyone's face. I'm going in there no. <laughs> to go to the toilet. <laughs> Yeah. You're just in and out. <laughs> Generally speaking, you're not meant to look at each other's junk as well. So yeah. it's just, yeah. Well, right. yeah, that, that, that sort of, yes. It's, 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 it, but it is, it is, although somewhat different due to, you know, male physiology compared to female physiology, it is very, very part of an anonymous thing. Unless you know that person before you walk in the door right. uh, and no one really talks very much or they might mutter about, you know, if we're at a, at a sports event, you know, might might mutter about the game. That's about all you'll get. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's so silly. It, it is just really silly, and 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 it's just more and more evidence that we sort of um, have these have these culture war um, issues sort of hijacked from the states, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's and, right. And then brought brought to our country, um, and it just gives some people purpose. It gives them a sense of purpose. It gives them a sense of heroism. They're saving the kids. They're blah blah blah, and it's mm. just filling this void. But where? Why is this void there? I personally would point toward things like capitalism and its endless promotion of a better life that you'll never understand, and the way in which that if you're normal, you're not special, and being special is then this void that gets filled by this idea that you can be special if you make sure that the evil ones don't fuck your kids i mean like, there's just all this going on and i, I just i get to a point where i'm like i don't care you all threaten it's to make exhausting. a commune in the middle of nowhere fucking go and do it just go and buy your farmland do a rafa <laughs> fernandez and just fuck off yeah please please aboard and you know this this meeting was just the beginning and things we'll start turning around. We're only in uh, April, so Jesus. things will move on in that area. The so three-hour episode. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was just looking at it. It's an hour and yeah, we're in April. Thanks we're, to your yes, patience. We're just moving on to May. It's good fodder for people on, on road trips, though. Let's face it. You know, if they're, they're, they're going up the eastern seaboard, yeah. uh, they'll be uh, – thankful that uh, after this they'll go fucking hell i'm already in newcastle good lord so we were still waiting for the war to be won with the dates pushed back again and Mm -hmm. someone once upon a time not so long ago grown adults would sit around their computer screens tapping into a thing called q believing that there was some mythical person half a world away wearing a magic white hat and this person half a a world away was coming all the way down to Australia and New Zealand to save your sorry little ass. Yes, grown adults would stay glued to the myth that was Q. Night and day, day and night, 
year after year. And while they sat about, waiting for the mythical cue and his magic white hat, they sat so long that 80% of their countrymen were injected with poison. They waited so long for mythical cue and his magic white hat that most of their economy collapsed. But mythical cue and the white hat is coming to save you. They waited so long for cue. People started dying. The economic system was teetering on collapse by the hour. And still the grown adults sat glued to cue. This mythical cue in a great white hat. They sat so long. They died there in front of their little computer screen. So as a result of that hectic Monash Council meeting, we started May with the cancellation of the planned Drag Queen Storytime in Oakley. And sadly, this wouldn't be the only event impacted by campaigns of hate. Karen Brewer started travelling the eastern seaboard, stopping in at cemeteries, Freemason lodges, and even Dan Andrews' Mulgrave office. Mm-hmm. Emboldened by the lack of police response at the Posey Parker gathering, the National Socialist Network called a snap protest against immigration. But it didn't quite go to plan. They hadn't planned for the absolute legend that is Sean Bedlam. So these fucking champs are on the steps of Parliament. Pedophile. Yeah, and they're shouting shit like this, right? You know? You're a pedophile. Oh, you're a fucking pedophile. They don't have a lot of rhetoric. They don't have a lot of fucking, you know, I don't know. I suppose they're into debating and shit. I'm not, but they're still fucking shit at it. And uh, here they are. Hitler's fucking great-grandchildren. Bunch of fucking inbreds. Well, actually, you have to be a little bit compassionate because a lot of these people are literally fucking children this bloke over here thomas sewell what he does is he grooms teenage boys who are standing here to join his nazi organization i guess that's why they're so into this concept of pedophiles and groomers and shit because that's exactly what they're doing fuck off back to ireland cunt the fucking irish cunt over here you're a disgrace to the Irish people! Disgraziato! No! Yeah, so for some reason I'm standing here by myself, which is not fucking ideal. So this was another one, this was a little bit of a snap one, um, and well done to Carf, who actually managed to get a counter-protest up for this one pretty quickly. Yeah, um this one, though, the police had created quite a big cordon in that they pretty much cordoned off the entire intersection uh, to try and stop them. But they did get there a little bit early and they did get themselves up on the steps and they did take their weightlifting stuff <laughs> with them and they unfur- unfurled another offensive banner. Uh, but... Some anti-fascists knew that they probably were going to get there early. So there was a little bit of a fisticuff moment on the steps. And then next thing, the cops were literally turfing them off the steps. It's actually a very funny video. Yeah, it is pretty funny. Uh, where they're throwing their backpacks. They're throwing their backpacks. They're pushing them down (laughs) down the stairs. Uh, Then their leader, Tom, got hit in the knackers by someone throwing a can of soup and he went down like he was actually dead. A can of soup. 
That was great. Then they were chased down to the gardens and they kind of stood there for a while, surrounded by the police again, protecting them from from the counter-protesters. And eventually the police said, take your masks off or leave. They're your two options. Uh, So they decided to leave because, you know, they're not that brave. And Um, they'll lose their jobs. And And they'll, like, really sadly for them, they went back to their cars and all their tires were flat. Aww. <laughs> so. It's very sad. I mean, not a great day. Are we glazing over the fact that they brought a uh, weightlifting setup yes, to do deadlifts? Yep, they brought that. Because that is one of my favorite parts of that. The fact that they basically went, we are going to show you what <laughs> the Nazi white pride is. Ugh. Check out my sick deadlift. Yes. And <laughs> only in that bubble of male absurdity. Could you possibly think that that was a cool thing to do? It's like when you're a kid and you bring something to school that only you think is cool and it backfires spectacularly because that moment you realize, hold on, I might be an idiot. That <laughs> Nothing about this is cool. I'm weird. And that's like, and that's a thing. And some people learn that lesson and some people don't. Apparently, Tom Sewell never learned that lesson because the idea of setting up a deadlifting thing to show how sick strong you are on the steps of Parliament House, that's cringe. Tommy boy, that's really, really cringe. But I'm so glad you did it because it made my fucking day. So thank <laughs> and you. And speaking of cringe, Monica announced that Reignite Democracy would have to close if more people didn't give her more money. Ah, sounds 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 a little bit like extortion, doesn't it? Sounds I familiar, think- to be honest. This sounds like wasn't this the time where she asked for people's inheritance? Yes. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> if you've got a, if you've got a, I mean, she actually yes. spoke directly to people, you know, but, but it was if you've got a grandmother uh, who's, yeah. you know, on the wrong side of 80. Um, you've got a house and you're just not sure what to do with it when you pass on to the pearly gates, you know. Sling it our way. One yeah, of her COVID you know, sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's a thing of like, you know, look, you might get the spicy cough and if you're anything like me, you're unvaccinated and you might have a house. Somewhere in a nice postcode. I think you see where we're going with this. Please give me your money. <laughs> Kings sacrificing for her inheritance money. Yeah. Anyway, so she faced court for incitement to breach uh, Cho directions and then took off on her overseas work, work trip. trip. Well, I don't know that we can call it that because well. – <laughs> I'm sure she was going as a tourist. No, no, this isn't. This isn't her over. This isn't her. This is her European. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, staycation. And, and, uh, but, but this but is the she thing she says was working while she was while she was away. Well, now, she kind of was. You know, she that, did functions. That might and not stuff. be a problem for Australian immigration officials. It might be for the French. It might be for the English or the UK. But I think the whole thing was basically a t- like a tax dodge. I think she was probably told by someone that if she was outside of Australia for six odd months, then she would basically be able to dodge taxes for the year, Um, which I don't think that's true. And I think there's a lot more nuance to that. But it's just like Arrested Development. I've got the worst fucking lawyers. I mean, chances are Gareth told her that. (laughs) I'd I'd love to hear that tax advice. If you don't want to pay tax, just go overseas. And the ATO, they'll just be completely confused and, 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 and they'll just they'll just stop whatever they were going to do. Yeah, exactly. It's totally normal. <laughs> it's not really a sensible thing. But 
back of the mind, and this is just mere speculation on my part, um, and we'll get to Monica and her additional um, um, uh, woes in the courts coming forward, but um, from what we understand about the donations we received, it's income. And she, she, she will have Reignite Democracy as a company uh, yeah. and she may well pay herself a, a small stipend, so $25,000 to minimise her own tax. But it's, at some point, Reignite Democracy is going to have to pay a fairly significant tax bill. Yes, yes, absolutely. They are not a charity as much as they act like one. Um, no. So, yeah. But I don't know. No, I don't, do not know. They don't act fans. like one, Charles. They just simply don't. They <laughs> act like a, it's a grift. It's a well, cost. Yes, it's a but they do ask for donations. That's mm. right. So the Only because parallels. she says that she couldn't get it to be classed as a non-for-profit, so she just opened up a business account and then told everyone, it, yeah, anyway. Oh, just keep slinging us money. Hey, I and if, gran- if to Gran's going to fall books. off the branch, you know, yeah. fling us a bit of the estate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, yes. So the highlight of that court appearance, though, for Sauce was that someone had a screen name because you could all you could all call in and watch oh. it, uh, and yeah. someone's screen name was Micro P Morgan. <laughs> is that is that why they broke up? Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got to the, I haven't got to the reason for the breakup in the book yet. I we think it, yeah, I think that, it must be towards yeah. the very end. Oh wow! Yeah, of course. Oh, you've got to let us know. Oh, I'm guessing it's yeah. been a very one sided uh, recanting of events. Oh, I don't know. I just saw Morgan's face at that Maria Z interview, yeah. and I think he ended it. Sorry, <laughs> she yeah. annoyed the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. You've always so, said he's got it's a scurvy. Yes. You think he's got <laughs> scurvy? Yeah, Prince he's just got that pale. the sunk look where his eyes just look <laughs> like he's just sort of beaten over the head with the fucking telephone book. And at times, I sort of feel sorry for him. But look, you know, allegedly, allegedly, and I don't want to cast you know full spurt because there is a reputational um, impact of saying this. But I want to say that my gut feeling is that he smokes a shitload of bombs. <laughs> um, and that's why he has that sort of Maybe sickly so. face. And then we had more story time events that were t- targeted by relentless hate and cancelled. But this time, some angels had other ideas. So this was when Rainbow Community Angels was born. And they were basically the OGs of the LGBTQIA community who decided, hang on a minute, what is going on here? This is not on. and they formed this group of people that went and decided uh, went to protect events that yeah. were being cancelled. And so then instead they would then hold these events themselves to just make sure that they kept going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're absolutely amazing. We, we actually, cheeky plug here, <laughs> we actually have an interview with Flickr, who is a co-founder of the Rainbow Community Angels, who will talk to us about all of what what they're about nice. and how they defend events and what they're doing in the background. We highly, highly recommend it. It's amazing. You'll absolutely, you'll love the interview. Excellent. But, yeah, so then after we had the Monash Council disruption, they decided to target the Altham drag story time that was subsequently cancelled. So instead, the Rainbow Community Angels held their own little pop-up story time at the front, and we were confronted by quite a few protesters. Sauce, how many would you say were there? I would say that at the peak there was maybe 40 of them. Mm. 
therefore you're 50 because they had a lot of people coming and going this is at Eltham. This is the Eltham yeah. Public Library. Yeah, Eltham Public Library. Yeah. So this one, that protest had been organised by Randall. So Randall tends to be—he's a My Place member and a member of the Splitters, I believe. Yes. And he is very much. This is his little focus thing, obsession about anything to do with drag queens and children. He's not about it, and he wants to force everyone else to not be allowed to have it so basically yeah. it was randall and my place members of uh frankston my place who organized this protest and they stood on the other side of the street basically yelling at us and holding up rude signs <laughs> and um while but unfortunately for them they were yelling at people dressed up in rainbows and glitter with music on, having a good old time and having a dance. Angels were there wearing big wings to protect yeah. and shield the drag queen story hour that happened yeah. uh, and in the background. Yeah, children being exposed to ferals who were yelling at them for going to an event. And it was so funny watching yeah. them, like because it literally was watching people yell into the abyss. Yeah. Because they yeah. were just standing there ranting like toddlers and yelling at a group of people who couldn't actually hear what they were saying because they yeah. had their music up loud and they were all singing and clapping and dancing. So, like, no one on the other side heard a word that they said. Yeah. Uh, the police were really good on that day, I felt. Um, yeah. You know, like, the police did have a role in cancelling it. Uh, but on that day, the, the police that showed up were actually actually pretty good. That's good. Yeah. That'd be Greensboro yes, Wallopers, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, Eltham's, Eltham's, oh, well, there's an Eltham police station, but um, it's fairly small, I think. So there'd be Greensboro Cops is the big, mm. the big one there, the big command sound. Yeah, so the angels work with the libraries. Uh, and good on them. And, and well done to, and well done to the, um, uh, to the angels. And the librarians there too. Mass kudos to the Eltham librarians, uh, who yeah. supported, gave, Frock, the drag drag performer, a place to change, allowed them to use the facilities afterwards to debrief, fully supported Very by the brave. librarians. Amazing people. Good yeah. people. Yeah, they're not paid for this shit, you know. Like this isn't part of their work contract, but turning up and getting it done and facilitating it, that's that's good. It's impressive. Yeah, it was a really good day, that one. That was one of that was a highlight for me for sure. Yeah. The other thing that happened at the end of May was that Billy Hurricane B <laughs> went to the big house. For God's a jolly good fellow, and so say all of you. Hooray! Hi, Michael. Hi, everybody. Uh, hi, Australia. Thanks for coming. Fantastic victory today in court. I tell you why, because in there they tried their best to break me, to break the rule of freedom in Australia, to get me to sign a piece of paper, Wayne, to say that I was never allowed to protest again in, in, the, in one quarter of Brisbane City. But I did not, I will not, I shall not comply. And together we will win. Yay! <laughs> I kind of love you, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Love you too. Thanks for coming. Cafe locked out all the way. Um, met some good people in there. Met some bad people. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they don't allow shoes in there. That was the hardest thing. Cold floors, cold concrete, um, you know, feces on the floor, blood on the walls, um, and the urine smell. Yeah, great stuff all around. But 
the, the real victory here with today, as I said, was they told me I had to sign bail with conditions, otherwise, you know, I was, I was going away. And they kept asking me again and again to sign for the conditions. But the more they kept asking me, the more I kept thinking, no, that there's a reason they keep wanting me to just give in. And so I held the line. What were the conditions? The conditions were, and I can show you right here, the conditions were that I never, ever again, until this matter is finalised, return to I must not enter the Brisbane Street area bounded by Edward Street, Adelaide Street, Turbot Street and Albert Street, Brisbane City. So they were literally trying to prohibit political protest ever again, peaceful political protest, but they didn't win. And I'm glad, Michael, because we need it. We need it. Hurricane, I love that. That's a very good uh, nickname <laughs> there, um, uh, named after Reuben Carter, who did ooh, did a lot longer um, yes, than Billy. Uh, I'm not quite sure how long. Uh, Reuben Carter, the original Hurricane, was uh, was in jail for, made famous by the Bob Dylan song. Um, but uh, it was a good deal longer than, than Billy Bay's little stretch, which I think was just an overnight. It was and, overnight. And, you, you get <laughs> and a, also not in jail. Yeah. And the watch house. Yeah, just Such in the watch house. You, you get a McMuffin and a cup of coffee uh, afterwards, you know. It's it's not hard time. So the start of June saw grown adults on Twitter celebrating the cancellation of a rainbow ball for young people in a country town. Grown adults sending bomb threats. Love and light, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not great. No. And like... And these kids are like one of the worst places to possibly be growing up queer is the middle of nowhere, where it's not mm-hmm. just the fact there might be some general increase in bigotry and misunderstanding and not have that same sort of inner city mindset to these things. We're all like, gay people, give me 12. But like, there's also a really like sort of isolating thing of like, because you're very, very, very much in a minority of the population, that you may not have people who are like you in the area. So Absolutely. bringing them together and basically saying, okay, we're going to hook you up with some mates here where you can be with your people, you can speak about things that affect you, and you can just generally feel normal for a night. And these fucking assholes, these absolute dead shits have nothing yep. better to do than to scream freedom while stopping other people from expressing themselves have prevented them from doing this. And this is one of those things where people in this position statistically kill themselves. And if you're going to save the kids, maybe think about extending that to all children and not just ones you politically agree with. Yeah. A hundred percent. Fuckers. (laughs) So RFK Jr. announced his candidacy for the upcoming American elections. The Rainbow Community Angels saved another cancelled Storytime event, this time in St Kilda, and a stranger gave Mon Mon a red rose. Oh, she was so happy. Viva (laughs) l'amour. Just the the RFK candidacy. It's it's an interesting thing, and uh, given the Kennedy name, uh, given his background, given his money, and, and those that support us, he's likely to poll somewhere around 5% of the vote. Yeah, okay. And, and, and it might be more. Uh, and the question is, where does that vote come from? Yeah. Um, and, and and almost certainly it will be from the Republican base. So that, you know, RFK has provided a bit of a glimmer of hope that, uh, um, you know, the Ralph Nader sort of move that, that 
pretty pretty much gave uh, George W. Bush the election in two thousand. Yeah, um, uh, will work the other way. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the the, the Cooker vote over there gets split. And mm. you know, when it comes to Trump and vaccines, you got to remember Trump is quite proud of his vaccine record. He's quite proud of creating the vaccine, which is very difficult insofar as that MAGA cult movement became the face of mm-hmm. anti-vaccine as a result, primarily, I think, just basically oppositional defiant disorder. But there's a lot of mechanisms at play there and possibly ones that come from very strange... It's, know, like, it's likely the vote is going to come from a Republican vote, yeah. It'll come from the right, though. Yeah. Yeah, the unvaccinated right. In surprising news, Ricardo Bosi was sworn in as Australia's commander-in-chief oh. and Guru had a revolving door at the <laughs> cop shop. My place lodged paperwork to take the Yarra Rangers Shire to court and the Lake Yellows ticked over 500 days of absolutely wasted time. Karen, that's insane. Take a bow, guys. Oh take a bow, guys. That's almost two years you've, of your life of They're your life that you've wasted. Just yelling at a body of water and a building. Oh, <laughs> oh people yelling at water, people yelling at gates. Or ever since Karen Brewer Day, twenty twenty one, and when they discovered chalk, oh my God. It was just that, at that point, Karen Brewer Day was great. That oh, was it really was a good. bit messy. Got really a bit good. messy around Australia, didn't it, Karen well, it Brewer Day? You know, it was so good because, like, a more people turned up than I expected, which I was very proud of. But also, the idea that everyone was going to stand there in silence is just mm. you're not. You don't know your audience. You really don't. These are people who are not famous for being quiet. I actually got hold of, um, and I'm just trying to think of her name, but the National Party um, and member of the House of Representatives who um, sued Brew- uh, Brewer. And, and yeah. I said, look, I can, I can tell you where she is now. <laughs> I yeah, can yeah. tell you where she is right now today if you want to get your money. Yep, and they didn't seem to be all that interested. So I, I presume there may have been some some form of settlement. I mean, no one's pursued her, no one's bankrupted her, as far as we know. It's interesting with Anne Webster because she was actually in the news again a couple of months ago because she's actually been receiving threats from yeah. someone, and you yeah. do wonder has it got something to do with Karen Brewer's stuff? Who knows? Who knows? Ooh, All I know is that her, her office is not very keen to talk about it, uh, talk about the settlement. Of course, um, Brewer had made the most outrageous claims that uh, Webster uh, yep. was a, uh, involved in pedophilia and in basically running a or involved in, in the, the organisation of a um, of a, uh, a you know sex trafficking ring, child sex trafficking ring. Yep. Yeah. All right. In June, Donald Trump's legal bills just went up a notch, uh, just a touch, when he was indicted again, this time a 37 felony count indictment under the Espionage Act of retaining documents of national security importance and the odd count of obstruction here and there. And that trial is scheduled to begin in May 2024. It's the one he's wide open about because there is a concerted effort to remove documents from Mar-a-Lago. Uh, there was a concerted effort, and this is why he's been charged with obstruction, a concerted effort to turn off CCTV footage or CCTV, um, CCTV cameras at Mar-a-Lago to show um, the person that he's been charged with uh, removing these documents um, from Mar-a-Lago and then placing them in, in safer storage. I mean, they're national security documents. He's leaving them in a hotel room. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. So he's wide open on that, according to the sort of uh, legal um, opinions that I read uh, from the states. He's wide open on that. Whether it would lead to a jail sentence or not, as I said before, is, is, is problematic. Wow, we are only up to the end of June. You forget just how much crazy stuff they get up to in a year, including Trump with all of his court cases. But thanks for listening and stay tuned for part two coming up soon. Head on over to the Conditional Release Program podcast and get Joel and Jack into your ears as they break down fringe politics over in the States and various other things around conspiracies, anti-vaxxers and the like. And you can also follow us on Twitter at SOS149 and Sunny Sandy Owl. That's Sandy with two E's. We also have Tinfoil Tales Twitter account. And if you love our work and want to support us, head over to our Patreon. All links are in the show notes. But for now, as we get into the Christmas season, please take care out there and enjoy some banter with your conspiracist uncle. How fun. Hey, tell him about us. (laughs) Okay, bye now. Bye now.